0: It's Guys, Guy Radio. Here's your host, Robert Manny.
1: All right, welcome to Guys, Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show. We've got a great one for you today. Guys, Guys Radio, the place where where men and women can be at their best so everyone wins. We bring you the information that you may be interested in to make the best of your life, and then you determine if it's right for you. You know, on Guys, Guys Radio, we have talked about sex, We have talked about the Supreme Court, and this evening we're going to talk about the secret space program. According to our special guest, who will be out shortly, Tony Rodriguez, there is a black ops ongoing secret space program. You may have heard about it over the internet, you may have heard about it on Gaia, but it's been talked about. It's part of what Tony claims is a slow-moving disclosure to the people on our planet about the existence of extraterrestrials and the secret space program that's taking place in the United States, all over the world, on the moon, on Mars, on Ceres, which is a a planet-like object surrounding Mars, and all over the multiverse, if you will. According to Tony, there are all different types of beings, not tens, not hundreds, not thousands, but billions of different types of life forms that we're going to learn about in the, the next decade or so, slowly but surely, a little bit more information. Uh, today, I just saw an article. There's always some type of article kind of that's buried in uh, the newspapers or online, and uh, it's a way of doing disclosure. And this one was about that we're going to be going to Mars by 2035. So there are already plans to. You know, get off of Earth, get that space program back in action. But according to our guest, Tony Rodriguez, he did what's called a 20 and back. And we're going to get into that. A 20 and back is basically a program where you are uh, enlisted into it, if you will, at a young age for a specific reason. reason, some for leadership capabilities, some are empaths, and others are just put into the program to be worked as worker bees, if you will, like Tony was and you spend 20 years of your time uh, being trained and then doing tasks, and then you are returned to where you were before after a series of what would be called uh, mind wipes. So according to Tony, who's going to be out shortly, he did his 20 and back. He says that his consciousness was removed from the body that was being used for the 20 years, came back to his 20-year younger body, his mind was wiped so he wouldn't remember everything. But aha, he had put the intention in place to remember everything that was going on. So we're going to have a very interesting part one of an extended conversation about the secret space program with Tony Rodriguez. And again, this isn't information that's not readily available. I'm not breaking any news here. Uh, it's, It's out there. People are talking about it. And the discussion is good. And you might hear it all Everything Tony has to say, and you might say, "Ah, eh, I don't believe it. Or you might say, wow, I want to learn more. So that's up to you. And Guys, Guys Radio, we bring you information on relationships, on diet, wellness, fitness, spirituality. We did a show recently on the Supreme Court, and now we're doing one of two on the Secret Space Program. We're going to devote the entire show to my discussion with Tony Rodriguez. I think you're really going to like it. So Guys, Guys Radio, what's happening in my world? Well, as I mentioned many times I was making the move from New York City to sunny Southern California, and I'm finally here. I'm adjusting to it. I'm going to do a, a half hour on my uh, adjustment, if you will, and my family's adjustment and all of the things that I've noticed and observed, uh, differences between New York and Southern California, specifically the San Diego area, which uh, is very interesting to me. It's kind of I say this in a in a, a complimentary way. It, it's kind of like an 80s city, if you will. It seems back to kind of a happier time, a kind of uh, the, the pace is not uh, crazy like New York. It's not as intense. People say things to each other like, have a great rest of your day. How's your day going? What are you up to? Whereas in New York, you don't ask people that kind of stuff unless you know them. You don't say, how's your day going so far? You just say, uh, you grunt, or you say hello, maybe, but probably not. It's just a different vibe. And I'm not trashing New York because I lived there for 30 years and uh, it's a great place. It's probably the greatest city in the world, but it's a whole different experience and you have to be ready for it. And uh, over time, it can beat you up, but it'll take you to your highest highs and maybe your lowest lows like it did me. But overall, it can be a great experience. And San Diego is a much simpler place. It's, uh, it's nice, the weather is ridiculous, that's what I call it, ridiculous, because every day it's like 80s and sunny, like every day so far that I've been here, which is about six weeks or so, and I really enjoy that. I really enjoy the fact that the pace is more relaxing, I'm getting a lot of work done, regardless, without the frenzy and chaos of New York, and I like the people, and I love the weather. And there's a lot of different things to do. This past weekend, my family and I we went out to uh, Joshua Tree. A couple of Joshua Tree is a, what they call a semi desert. It's a couple of uh, hours away from downtown San Diego, and uh, it's uh, it's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. And the Joshua Tree are a set of uh, trees that are out in what's called the semi desert. You know, I always thought. I hadn't spent a real t- I hadn't spent real time in a desert. Yes, I've been out to Las Vegas and stuff, but I haven't been to the Arabian deserts, if you will. So, uh, we went out there, and the uh, the uh, environment is uh, is kind of uh, it's dry. There's a lot of rocks. There's a lot. There's not a lot of cactus, if you will. Uh, there is some, but there's not a lot. But there's a lot of different types of uh, uh, vegetation and foliage that you really don't see anyplace else that I've ever been. I'm an East Coast guy, so it was interesting to me. It was a lot of fun, and it was a a real eye-opener. And the thing that really got me was there is a permeance of silence that overrides the entire environment, and the quietude of it is super powerful. So anyhow, that was my recent trip and then the next day, we went to a place called Belmont Park. And Belmont Park is a uh, kind of a little beach town. It reminds me of like a Seaside Heights in the San Diego area. And uh, it's fun. It's like an amusement park by the beach. And again, there's so many beaches here in the San Diego area. If you don't like the beach, don't come to San Diego. If you like it, you've found the right place. And I, I love the beach. I'm not, I don't just hang out at the beach, but I, I love having it nearby and accessible. So anyhow having a great time so far here in san diego we're going to bring out our special guest as i mentioned tony rodriguez we're going to talk about the secret space program this is robert manny your host on guys guys radio like i mentioned uh, in my opening con comments we have a special guest a special show today we have uh, somebody who was uh in what's called the Secret Space Program, joining us on Guys, Guys Radio. And as as we do on Guys, Guys Radio, we bring you information. We don't make determinations. We don't uh, take sides as much as possible. And uh, I just really want to get people's stories out there that may be of interest to you, and then you can factor in, hey, this is something that I need to know about, or this is something that's interesting, or hey, just not for me. So I've got somebody special here who was part of, again, the Secret Space Program. His name is Tony Rodriguez. Let me tell you a little bit about him. At the age of 10, he was recruited uh, into some what's called, quote, unquote, kind of black programs. And Tony will explain to us what those are. And eventually he made his way into the secret space program where they basically send you off and you do what's called the 20 and back. So for 20 years, you work for the program and then you come back and I believe you get a mind wipe and then you get those 20 years back. Your years are regenerated. And so you de-age, if you will. He's been to the uh, Mars colony and a place called Ceres, and he's worked on uh, several uh, trading spaceships and on interstellar missions. So I'm gonna I'm gonna leave this up to you, audience. You decide. Hey, I believe this. I don't. Whatever. I'm putting the information out here. <coughs> Tony Rodriguez on the show. I saw Tony on Gaia, along with a lot of other uh, folks on there, Corey Good, David Wilcock, and some other people, and I thought it was fascinating. I watched many shows, and I thought, hey, I'd love to talk to one of these folks, and sure enough, Tony and I got connected on social media, and here we are. So welcome to Guys, Guys Radio, Tony Rodriguez.
0: Hey, uh, thank you for having me, I'm glad to be here. Great. Right.
1: Well... Uh, again, my audience, I'm not sure how familiar they are with the Secret Space Program or if they're going to believe everything or not. But let's get that information out there and start with the very basic, Tony. What is, in your estimation, the Secret Space Program?
0: Um, well, it's it's hard to put it all in one nutshell, but basically for quite some time, uh, at least 100 years, we have been in space and interacting with um, ET civilizations. And uh, they've kept it a secret. The uh, um, the world has been kind of a petri dish for a long time. And ETs have been here for a long time. And, um, many, not just one or two uh, or five or a dozen separate civilizations interacting with us, but uh, quite a few. And that's why um, when, when people research e- uh, extraterrestrial contact and involvement with things that happen, uh, with abduction experiences or people that just have encounters, Uh, when people research them, they they are all uh, very, uh, it's a very varied experience. They're they're not, there's not a lot of common denominators. People kind of, and that's why, because there are many different programs interacting with us and they each have many different levels of their own sophistication and technology. So um,
1: it's just a microcosm of of what's going on up there. All right. Well, so who in your estimation from your experience is kind of, behind the secret space program or programs? And is it, is it a collective of different nations on Earth? Is it certain governments working with certain uh, um, entities in other planets, other universes or whatever? They're using portal technology, time travel, et cetera. What, what is it all about? And what is the objective of the program?
0: Uh, absolutely, that's a great question. Um, so since i went public, so what happened to me, just real quick, Um, I was taken and, and did, did what was referred to as a 20 and back or a term of service, however you want to word it and put back and had my memories erased. And then I lived my life. And then, uh, I had an MRI. I had a few things happen to me in, uh, April of 2015. And in May of 15, I got, uh, I began to get the bulk of my memories back. Like whatever, whatever happened, Uh, that lowered the barrier or whatever barrier there Mm -hmm. was for me to um, not have my memories. I started to get them back and I went public. I started talking to researchers and uh, people contacted me. And so I to to get back to your question. Who's behind it all? I've had a few thousand people contact me Mm -hmm. since then and each with their own kind of experience with fragmented memories. And what I've been able to do is lump everything into three categories. Okay. What I found is that um, your typical contactee with the, that has had their memory erased. Um, th- they come into three categories. The one is a human space human based program. So um, the United States has has a couple separate programs. There's a, seems to be an international space program, secret space program. Uh, I, I uh, I've heard there's an Asian one, and um, and then there are ET programs. So the, the three categories are human program. So okay. that's any, any program that's ran by humans from Earth. And that seems to be the bulk of what happens in the United States. When you leave the country and talk to abductees in other countries, then they seem to have uh, different programs in charge of what's okay. going on with them. Uh, the second program would be an ET-based one. Um, and there is a what's known as the Draco uh, Alliance, which mm-hmm. is a reptilian race that seems to have dominance over our region of space. And uh, typically, when people have contact with the Draco program, it's a more negative experience. Uh, I believe that I was taken by a by a human program that was uh, subject under the that had a uh, that was ran under the Draco authority uh, of space program. And then the third category is everybody else. Uh, There seem to be uh, many ET programs that come down here just for a short time. They may come down and take people for whatever reason they need for um, labor or mm-hmm. genetics or what for whatever reason, scientific reason. They do a few things and then they leave. And I call that everybody else, the visiting programs. And they could be from anywhere. They could be from anywhere in our galaxy or even extra galactic um, um, travel between galaxies isn't as difficult as we've been led to believe.
1: OK, it seems like there's so much coming out now about um Extraterrestrials. You—it's like it's part of everybody's normal conversation now. Where before it was, you know, my favorite Martian or something like. Yeah, right. Now everybody seems to be, yeah, that that it, it makes perfect sense that we're not the only ones out there. So, do you think this is all by design? That there is a uh, drip, drip, drip in terms of uh, uh, <clears throat> letting us know what's happening? Absolutely.
0: So, you know, I don't have. Um hundred percent firsthand uh, knowledge of the current events of what happened. What happened to me was a long time ago. Um, but knowing what I know and after getting recall of how the programs work and, and the situation that was politically happening up there, mm-hmm. um, my, my personal feeling is that at some point there was a reversal. Um, I believe there was a war or uh, the leadership changed up there. or There was a um, I believe there was a plan in place to just kill everybody or put us back to the Stone Ages because we're beginning to get to a level of technology where somebody can make something in their back in their garage mm-hmm. that can that can discover the existence of the programs or discover the existence of extraterrestrials. Okay. We are starting to get to that level of technology where people can just make a, a certain type of telescope with a spectrometer mm-hmm. and, uh, and find life. So I think the original plan by the humans that broke away, the breakaway groups, was just to... Have a disaster happen down here and put us back into the Stone Ages, and then things would carry on for another few thousand years, just how they've been. I, I think E.T.s intervened, and um, so that's not the plan anymore. They have to disclose to us, and now we're seeing the beginnings of a disclosure. I uh, what's interesting is that other whistleblowers. I don't want to. Uh, well, I, I always like to mention Randy Kramer, who mm-hmm. for, uh, for me has been given a lot of great information and was a bit, has made a big difference to me. And um, he said that he's been in contact with his Brigadier General from the Marine Corps Special, Special Division, okay. and which is a, a, basically the Marine Corps Space Program. And what they decided was to have a disclosure, an official disclosure at the end of a presidency. That way, the incoming president could have complete deniability and the outgoing president could have deniability and not look soft. In other words, if they disclose in the middle of a presidency, it would make them it would make the existing president look uninformed or or soft. So right. Mm-hmm. right at the end of a presidency is the optimal time for the United States military to disclose. I find it uh, so if you connect some dots here, I'm going to connect some dots that originally we had the Apollo program mm-hmm. and uh, we saw Kennedy was was assassinated. That was his program that he designed and he was assassinated. They went in, there are many people, William Tompkins has come forward and said that right. the Apollo program was uh, assisted by ETs. And when they got there, the Draco didn't allow it, didn't allow us to discover extraterrestrials. So fast forward, now we have the Artemis program and the first people are supposed to land on the South Pole of the moon in 2024. That's when the man mission, man and, and the first woman they're going for. So it seems to me that they've just re-picked up the original plan for disclosure. I believe that, and I'm completely speculating here. I'm, this is complete speculation, but I believe that they're going to go to the moon. They're going to find some artifacts. They're going to find evidence of the civilization there, and they're going to show us. And then an AT race will step in and say, now you found us, we can contact you. And then they can kind of slowly unravel it because it's it's so advanced. Uh, the, right. the lies that they've told have been so advanced that it's you can't just, You can't just let one, one thing. I mean, there's time travel, there's cloning, there's slavery. There's a lot going on. There's trade. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Our entire political uh, situation that revolves around the happenings
1: in the space program. You know, it was always interesting to me just as a citizen, like, okay, we went to the moon and then we didn't hear nothing's happening. And with the space program for like 40 years or so, like, you would think that's the beginning, but it was almost like we got there and that was the end of it. And, uh. And the way the moon uh, revolves around the Earth, circles the Earth, you only see the one side of the moon all the time. Yeah. It doesn't spin. It's like, really? so uh, mm-hmm. And no, nothing's ever been discussed about what's on the other side of the moon. Absolutely.
0: Well, and the other thing is, um, so they've always touted, I found it was great that um, they've always touted that it's too expensive. There's no way we can go back to the moon. It's too much manpower. They've even said this is recently... You know is into the 2000s you know uh 2005 back then there was a conversation and they said no we it's just not feasible to go to the moon there's no reason and then all of a sudden lo and behold Mm -hmm. we have a changing of the guard we have uh, a different president in office they come out and say not only can we go to the moon but we're going to be there in in four years or five excuse me five years we're going to go to the moon and we're going to be permanently manned there with a permanent presence with a space station around the moon the gateway they did all that seemingly overnight and then they're going to go to mars Right. So it's 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 not like the technology was the problem. It's more like the uh, the permission was the problem, and all of a sudden that's changed recently. And now you're seeing more ETS in the public eye, like you said in in pop culture. Mm-hmm. You know, there's astronauts, there's ETS on the on the commercials. Don't lay a hand on my butterfinger. It's an all ET. Right, yeah. mm-hmm. And so uh, and then, you know, when I was young, when you, most people said there was no life, they believed there was no life up there, which is. Per- Which anybody that believes that just has no idea of the size of the cosmos. Anybody that has their head around the actual uh, numbers involved uh, with the stars up there. Anybody that knows can get their head around that big of a number. uh, It's obvious that there's going to be life. Mm, Right. But anybody that doesn't believe in life up there, I think, just is ignorant of the size of nature.
1: Or they don't want to know, maybe. Because I think what's happening today is there's uh, two different types of people. I think there's people who want to know the truth about whatever this topic is. And then there's other people, they don't want to know the truth because they're afraid that the truth might make them look foolish, like I've been fooled my entire life and they can't handle that. And other people say, I want to know the truth regardless of what it is because it's better to know the truth than not know the truth. So I don't know, that's just my own personal opinion. Well, it's but- people,
0: to, me, to me, it's people that are doing well within the system, don't want to change the system. And people that are not <laughs> right, doing well right. within the system want to look at why they're not doing well and what's going on, something's wrong. Mm-hmm. And those are the people that are aware, okay. um, you know, people that are doing people that have the illusion of doing better than their fellow man don't want to have anything that was changing. They don't want right. don't rock the boat, man. I'm winning the right. game.
1: Right. And so right. I think that's what's going on. And I guess also uh, that there's a lot of uh, and I always wonder about this, where I think the movies are used in many ways to kind of a. Uh, Do the little drip, drip, drip in terms of technology and things like that, and then also to create a potential fear in the ETs where uh, everything I've uh, been subject to by watching Guy and listening to folks like yourself is, you know, there's some good ones like anything else with people. There's good people and there's not so good ones. But uh, it seems like the government might be into, OK, let's put a level of fear out there. So if we do have an issue with ETs, we can ke- tell everybody we have to you know protect them. But then when you take that to the you follow that track of thought uh, from what I watched on Gaia, uh, it seems like certain civilizations have brought in outsiders to protect them only to end up being the couriers, if you will, to. Put them into an enslavement. I put that in quotes. Type of uh, future.
0: Yeah. Well, w- um, without getting into a lot of details about what I went through, um, you know, the par- the things that w- the the things that we lived with when I was on the series colony, the realities um, of that of that society, the stark differences from the reality of our society are a few things. Um, one is that we're the top of the food chain. That we're the smartest things there are, and we're, the fact is we're not. And there are many, many, many civilizations that are very far advanced above us, um, more, more, abo- higher above us than we are above our our pet cat or our pet dog. And mm-hmm. not to take anything away, call us stupid because we're very, you know, our form of consciousness is very, very um, potent and very intelligent. But there are other beings in in the cosmos that are far more intelligent than us and we've been lied to about that so that we don't even aspire to be better
1: mm-hmm. you know that's the key is that we're not aspiring to be better we're so just we have, so we have more power is this what you is that we have more power than um we're being led to believe and that kind of keeps us down
0: well there well, or we well, do okay. have less power well no no just just that we think that we're at the top of the we're at the the top of of existence Mm-hmm. So people are not trying to become better. Very few people are trying to better themselves. Most people are trying to get ahead financially. And the ones that are have gotten ahead, I look around me where I live and I see people that are all, they've got their survival solved, but there's no aspiration to be morally better, mentally smarter, mentally better. There's absolutely zero. Mm-hmm. And because they think that they have already, that that's everything you sh- you should do. Uh, you know, got it's you. a survival part of it. And if we had an example of, of, higher beings that we could see on tv that we could interact with we had that example i think i think our quality of life and our 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 general the quality of our society would go up dramatically and very quickly
1: okay so uh let's it's guys guys radio your host robert manning our special guest tony rodriguez we're talking about Tony's. we're talking about the secret space program now but i want to get into tony It's okay with you. Let's get into like how you were recruited as a kid and what type of kids they look for and how did that all come about? Because you were like an empath. Is that you have empathic ability and is that that's who kind of they're after? Is that it or explain it to us?
0: Well, um, I wasn't recruited. I was. uh, You know, I was more like more. uh, I wasn't chosen for it because of merit of what I was. I okay. was, I was a, more of a victim of it. I, the, I came, I brushed elbows with some people that had access to the technology. I went mm-hmm. to school with a young boy that, uh, his father was, uh, apparently high up in the program, you know, and had the ability to have people drafted into it. Okay. And I didn't get along and I kind of bullied him. I bullied his son and he, uh, what came into my school and was this, was the judge to the science fair one day. Mm-hmm. And this was in uh, the school year of 1981 to 1982 it would have been April of 82. And, uh, I was walking through the cafeteria when setting up in the morning, setting up my science fair exhibit. And this boy pointed me out to his dad who he had said in the past, my dad's an Illuminati. What's your dad do? And, um, when, cause we just didn't get along. Mm-hmm. We were just, you know, those mm-hmm. kind of kids. And he said, that's the boy I told you about dad that ruined my confidence. That's the one. And then, he pointed him out and he said some things that, I didn't, that didn't make sense to me. And it was later that night that I was taken, or or within a couple of days of that day. Now, when you say taken, what do you mean, Tony? We're not, I how, old, had, how old are you? So I was 10 years old. Okay. I was fourth grade. And, um, you know, I woke up with a gray in my face. There were bright lights flashing outside of it. I lived in a farmhouse mm-hmm. all, all by itself. There wasn't. It's not like we were around other houses. We were on a 13-acre big farm. And uh, we were far off the road and everything. And there were bright lights outside of the house flashing. There were noises that was happening. And um, it all stopped. And I woke up and I had a gray, your standard gray alien standing in my face, standing over me. And I got it like paralyzed me. And a few other beings came in at the foot of my bed and picked me up and carried me to the foot of my bed. And there was a
1: bright flash of light and I ended up in a laboratory. Okay, hang on right there. So, just for the benefit of some of our listeners who aren't familiar with what a gray is, what what is a gray, and is it a is it a living entity or is it some type of clone type of being that's used by other extraterrestrials? What what is a gray? What does it look like? How tall are they, etc.? Because we've all seen the we've all seen the you know the uh, uh, kind of reports on them that the little gray guys with the big black eyes, uh, small bodies. Is that what you're referring to? Exactly. That's right.
0: Exactly right. So there are several different kinds. Um, I believe the ones that were taking me and most of the worker ones were a form of like a robot, uh, you know, or a a drone. Mm -hmm. And in that that case, they would set foot in someone's room and take them. And it's just like how we send drones to other countries. We're not allowed to fly over other countries, but we send drones in Mm -hmm. because it's a drone. So there's a legal ramification. There's a legal uh, precedent there. I think it's the same thing with a lot of the smaller grays are basically a drone. And there were, when I got there, so the ones that were in charge were taller and more of a, you know, you call them gray, it's not fair. They were, they were actually white and they had long necks and they looked just like,
1: they looked a lot like them, but they were taller. Now you were 10 years old and you woke up and where were you and how did you feel? It
0: was a rounded room. I was, uh, you must've been petrified, petrified at first, but not really. Well, what happened was. Uh, the, the beginning of, I was petrified at first, but then the beginning of the uh, telepathic communication where they could speak to you telepathically, when they began that said, you know, you're going to be okay. Uh, we're not going to hurt you. We're here. And at that point I thought I was in a first contact situation. Mm-hmm. I thought that the next day, um, you know, it was going to be all over the news that, that ETs have landed. And we were, you know, that this was the beginning of a new age, for us and so i was just tickled i was i was actually happy about it I, said, I knew you guys were real i i knew i knew there, there was life up there i just knew it and okay. i'm so happy that you guys you know have contacted me i can't wait to tell everybody and they just went on about their work they were doing they were doing an examination on me so after that what happened well um he said that so the the taller white one told there was a shorter reptile reptilian one in the room. And, uh, he was explaining, and he was explaining to me that they were going to take me for 20 years that I was going to live 20 years. And I said, no, I can't do that. You know, I I could never be away from my mom and dad and my family for that long. And he explained that I was going to be put back and it would be the next day that I was very lucky uh, that this was going to happen to me. And I was going to live for 20 years and I would get a lot of experiences and I was going to be a better person. And then I was going to go back travel time. And I would go back the next day and go home. And, and he, okay. he said, it'll be, he said, he kept saying it over and over again. It'll be like, you never left. Trust me. And so I, again, I thought I was in a first contract situation and I wanted to help. I said, he said, we need your help. We want you to help us. And okay. I said, okay. All right. So what happened? Well, then they laid me back down on a table and it was a lot like the uh, fire in the sky movie. Mm-hmm. In, in fact, that procedure was exactly like it, where they put me on the table and they they put a sheet over me and it got sucked tight to the table like the air, mm-hmm. and then they cut a hole in the in the sheet so I could breathe, and then they cut out the eye, and a needle came over and went right in my eye, and uh, it felt like I got pun. I saw stars. It went right in my my like my tear duct, mm-hmm. and I woke up without any memory. One, my next memory after that was I woke up without any memory of my mom and dad or who I was. I had complete amnesia of who I was. And I woke up in front of a uh, doctor and a nurse getting a medical examination in a bed in California, in Southern California, in Inyo Kern air base. Okay. So from that point, I lived for 20 years. I had no memory of mom and dad, no memory of where I was from or anything. I had complete amnesia and I lived for 20 years. And what happened was I was trained for a, trained for a task And I would do it for a couple of years until I was no good for it anymore and then trained for another task and switched. And because I was not I wasn't somebody that was groomed like your typical person. Like you hear a lot of the soldiers, people that are taken there, they are groomed from birth and they're taken into the my labs and they're soldiers and they go and serve. And then they might do a couple of jobs, but they're basically a soldier the whole time They're They were meant for it. I wasn't. I was just um, an extra. Mm-hmm. And so I was, so for that reason, I was traded from program to program. Mm-hmm. And I think it may have led to me being able to
1: remember. <clears throat> Without, before we get into what happened during those 20 years, do you, now, now you're out and you, you got your memory back and now you're talking about it. Do you, do you think that's by design that the, this is part of disclosure to get folks like you out there to start to talk about these things? And, or are you, are you getting any uh, pushback to like, to like, hey, Tony? enough no no more or is it like just just putting it out there
0: so there's a lot i mean we could talk i mean i could fill up an entire show just talking about what happened after i came forward i have been i've had a few visitations um Mm -hmm. i was taken in i've been contacted by a few military organizations to to be an advisor Mm -hmm. for ongoing things there's a lot of things going on you know uh, two years ago there was a group that contacted me that wanted me to be an advisor and they were doing missions you know, I, I I hesitate to talk about it, but <clears throat> they were doing rescue missions for American citizens that were being sold into slavery, mm-hmm. and they found that there were extraterrestrials behind it. So, um, and then I was taken and uh, interrogated by another military group and uh, remembered that. So I've had a few, I've had a bit of weirdness. So what ha- do you have to think about what happened up there? and the missions that I was on. So the, the colony that I ended up getting traded to is a very secretive colony inside the space program. There are hundreds of colonies in our solar system at this point. Mm-hmm. Not all of them work together. So I, there's a database where there was a job that I was went to and I ended up for a German colony, the Ceres Colony Corporation. And they don't really do business with the United States. Um, mm-hmm. They don't really do business with the rest of the colonies. So there's a really, there's a wall of secrecy there during missions there that we were we were not only trading with et species throughout the galaxy and in other galaxies we were stealing from them there were missions where we stole where we outright dressed in different clothes and posed as different people Mm -hmm. and went down as we were trading and we loaded instead of loading up the boxes we bought we loaded up other things that we weren't supposed to for technology Mm -hmm. during some of those missions i believe that my records were deleted in case we were in case we were captured Right. I believe they deleted my record so that now now the people, well, since I've come forward, now the people in the programs don't have me in their system. So they don't believe that I'm, re- even though a lot of the things I say make sense, they don't have the authority to do anything to me okay. because I don't have a record Got it. up there. My permanent record isn't there.
1: The area we haven't gotten to yet is this 20-year period. So where'd you go? What were your jobs? And what was what was your living conditions like? Did you guys did you have well, recreation time? Did you, uh, did you have, get to have uh, sex? Uh, you know, did you party? Did you, what, what was it like?
0: Well, uh, in 20 years, there's a lot that can happen. There were a yeah. lot of different circumstances. Um, uh, the first six years or so I was on earth. Okay. So where? I, where uh, I was in uh, Seattle and what they did was after the MK ultra program, where the, well, like I said, I went in through a mind control program in Inyo um, what they did was they were drugging us they could they would give us an IV bag and we would lose consciousness and when I woke up people were blown away by the things I said so that it was it was a military it was a near death experience they would bring it near to death and then I apparently they could speak with other entities and get information from the past and the future mm-hmm. and these this was a um, a military grade psychic that they had and they were kids and there were about a dozen kids they went through the class that I did and what I ended up d- doing was going to Seattle and he did that. I witnessed of him, you know, it was in his private residence. I witnessed him do a few, um, very hardcore, very, uh, very bad, uh, satanic ritual, uh, things. And then I was shipped off to Porto to Peru. And what was happening there was that <clears throat> they were manufacturing cocaine in the jungles and it was coming up by boat to the town, and after uh, uh, every month or so, it would accumulate in a in a warehouse. And every month they would have a plane load of it, and then they would fly it from there to Santa Marta, Colombia. One of the planes went down, and so they had paid to have me on board. And so I sat. I had a cabin, and I just sat there. I was mind badly badly damaged mentally after going through that trauma-based mind control. And we would get on a plane. It was a C-46 Commando. I had a handler, a young a young man in his twenties. He was the only one that could speak English in the village. And he would uh, put me on a cot in the plane next to a pile of of cocaine, kilos. And um, after we got up over the state of Acre, he put the IV in my arm and I would lose consciousness. And I was a warning system if the police were going to be involved or the bad weather. Apparently, they lost a plane in bad weather. So it was a security. I was a security precaution for those shipments. And I did that for about two years. Down there, when I got to about the age of 13, right around puberty, I lost the ability. It went away. He said when I woke up that uh, he talked to his dead grandmother. He said that there were times that I talked in fluent Spanish and I don't I do not know Spanish. He said that after a while, um, the people in the village where he had a piece of paper with questions from everybody from the village that he was asking me while I was under, because for the rest of the most of the flights were, you know, they didn't need me there. But he said that while I was under, I, I many different people spoke out of me, spoke through me. Many different people were speaking through me, and he was getting information. And he said they, they were blown away that everybody got out of my way when I walked through the village after a few months of it. Um, I was there for a couple years, and um, what happened was they were giving us a cocktail of drugs every morning. We do calisthenics every morning, and they give us a, a bunch of pills to take, and they changed it. And I was allergic to one of the pills. And after a couple of days of it, I became, I was just very ill. I would, I would throw up and I couldn't do it. And they said, that "If you, you're either going to take these pills or you're going to be sold to the military. And about two weeks after that, she took me and dropped me off behind a shopping uh, center. And two guys in a van gave me, a, gave me an injection. I lost consciousness and I woke up on a, on
1: a craft on the way to the back of the moon. Uh, how, to- how, how did you know, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you. You were uh, on the way to the back of the moon. how did you know where you were going? or where you ended up well they told it was like um
0: being on an airplane and and uh, there was an officer next to me and they they told me that and then when you got close to the moon the side of the the side of the craft the wall would turn transparent and you could see it
1: mm-hmm. you know how long did how long did it take you to get to the moon was it well like i woke super, up super fast or it wasn't long
0: i woke up on in route mm-hmm. and uh probably only um Thirty minutes before we were landing, um, so uh, that on that trip, uh, there was another trip earlier prior to prior to Seattle when I went to the moon as well for a surgery, and uh, that trip was uh, an hour and a half, two hours. Okay. All right. So you
1: get I'm there. Guessing. What happens?
0: I got there and then they handed me over to an, again. There were uh, uh, military men and uh, the tall whites, and I was taken into a like a classroom situation and what they did was they gave us drugs and they they would put us in front of a monitor and you had you got kind of locked in and you had to watch it and it was all fight or flight response it was it was like uh, it was like programming so that in the event of an emergency i would not take flight that i would stop and fight and that was the extent of my military programming that was that was my military training wow it was fight or flight And and it was so that in the event of danger that I would rather than run away and try to save myself, that I would try to sacrifice myself for the other soldiers or they said brothers for your brothers. That was what the the movies always said. Sacrifice yourself for your brothers. Um, we were taken from there and tested. We went to another base on the back of the moon on a small ship and we were taken into a big arena and, uh, we were given, uh, small canisters that were like a grenade but they we were told that after we walked in the arena they would arm and as soon as we hit the detonator button and they would immediately go off not a grenade and if we had uh he how do he put it to us he said and if you see something that's going to uh do harm to you you might want to you might consider doing the right thing and blowing it up and saving your brothers or saving you know mm-hmm. other people got it we w- went in there and they closed the door behind us and on the other end was a giant uh insect like a spider um but a very big one, like a 400 pound uh, insect came on the other side and it began to approach us. There was a crowd. It was like, it was like an arena. I couldn't see the crowd. There were lights up above us, but you could hear them uh, yelling and it approached us. And one of the kids, there, again, there were about a dozen of us kids that were in there, you know, um, in this program. And one of the, one of them ran up to it and detonated that thing and blew its head off and blew himself in half. And I was told that he lived and they, again, everybody crowd cheered and then people in, in medical coats came in and went straight to him and then they took us out and they gave us a, a medical examination in a hospital area. And we slept in our beds, like a hospital bed that mm-hmm. night. And the following day, we were taken to Mars. We were loaded up on a much larger ship. Uh, it got from the moon to Mars very quickly, but it didn't have access to land. We stayed in orbit for two or three hours, maybe four hours um, before we had clearance to land. And um, as soon as I landed, I was taken from that ship to a smaller one and flown to a forward base um, that was an underground base that had five levels, five or six levels, and uh, it was a place, it was a base meant for a few hundred people, and there were only about fifty people there. Apparently, it had been overrun in some conflict prior to that, and was a forward base, and and so people didn't live there, and they set us up in in uh, office cubicles with cots, the the myself and the rest of the guys from my program Mm -hmm. that, uh, came along. And, um, we were basically a support soldier. Um, we were like bait, uh, it's called a bounding maneuver. So we had white environmental suits that we would go out and hike. And there would be two soldiers that had full body armor and, uh, camouflage. Like they had a full armor suit. And in the gravity of Mars, they, uh, the suits weighed them down enough to where they could walk around and run and jump as if they were on earth. They had they were negatively buoyant. Okay. but we we were not. We were we were had to struggle. So we couldn't really run very fast in the gravity because our suits were just environmental suits. they were they were very light. I did three missions, um, hiking missions, basically, and on the third one we were engaged uh, by giant insects. I have some artwork that I worked with people and and, and made. But um, apparently they're indigenous insects to Mars, and we were engaged, and there were casualties. I I had an arm taken off. A lot of people um, that never heard of any of this stuff before have a hard time believing that. Uh, But I did have an arm taken off. We had auto tourniquets. Uh, The soldiers had auto tourniquets inside their armor. So if they lost an arm, the armor would tourniquet immediately. We had auto tourniquets. It was about the size of a pack of cigarettes with a cord on it, and you would grab it and kind of pull it. And then you could put it around your limb and press a button, and it would tourniquet. Um, that happened, uh, and I lost an ankle, uh, my foot under the ankle. So I had to crawl over to another to a uh, another person and take his auto tourniquet and put it on. And the soldiers marched me back. Apparently, for whatever strategy, whatever that program was trying to achieve, they were trying to make uh, numbers. They were trying to use soldiers that were that like. There were people like me that were just taken, that were not meant to be a soldier, people that were slaves, perhaps people out of prison. They were trying to put numbers on the ground, boots on the ground, rather than a soldier that was, you know, expensive and made for it to try to
1: match the bugs. All right. Let me let me uh, interrupt you there. So how did you get your arm back? They have technology which would regrow the limb. You know, that's funny. um,
0: Everybody asks that. So um, they had canceled the program, but what happened was the Sioux soldiers found me, and they the suits had things they had uh, things that would inject you, and when you did, you you felt great. Um, I lost a lot of blood, and he carried me back, and it was a few kilometers back to the base, which was basically just a door in the side of a mountain. And um, he carried me back, and he kept slapping me; wouldn't let me go to sleep. And uh, I kept wanting to pass out. He said, "Look, you, you keep it up, you're going to see the purple sunset. You always wanted to see a purple sunset, you know. Keep, it, we're all, it's almost time." And uh, I kind of did. It was, it was a bad weather day, but I kept wanting passing out, wanting to go to sleep, and he wouldn't let me. He kept injecting me. He had his own uh, uh, in his suit. He had those those things too, as mm-hmm. a stimulant, and okay. he would inject me with them, and that would last for a while. It was very painful, but. Um, as soon as I laid eyes on the door to get back in the base, he let me pass out. And I went to sleep. And when I woke back up, I was in a hospital bed with my arm and my leg back. So wow. how it happened, you know, the process of how it happened, I don't know.
1: How, let me ask you this. So you go, you know, they're using you kind of as cannon fodder. You go out there, they bring you the Mars. They throw you out there with some other guys and you engage these insectoids and you have to kind of deal with them. Why don't they and if they're the enemy, uh, why can't they just use like nuke them or whatever lasers or something? Just take them out instead of having like this hand to hand combat.
0: Uh, you know that's a great question. And honestly, the overall the macro political um, stuff, I don't have any really real insight into. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, I believe that Mars has uh, isn't completely owned by us. And I believe that the insects were a worthy, a worthy opponent, something that they couldn't nuke mm-hmm. um, because they had the ability to defend themselves. I believe that they, they were a worthy opponent. They couldn't do that. And they were territorial. So the only time that they really needed to engage the insects was to invade their territory. Mm-hmm. Other than that, they left each other alone. The insects had a different kind of mentality altogether from what we think about in normal war. Okay. Uh, just It was all territorial. But I don't think that they had the ability to, to exterminate them all.
1: Okay. All right. Let me. Uh, we're running out of time here. And I think uh, if it's okay with you, Tony, I'd like to make this kind of part one because I think we've only scratched the surface and it's a great conversation. And I hope you're comfortable and we can continue it. Is that okay? Yeah, sure. Okay. So l- last question uh, for this episode on Guys, Guys Radio. And that would be uh, after going through this, because we're going to get into the rest of your time in the program. And then you came back and now you've rekindled your memories and you're out there talking, how, how do you, how do you feel about what's happened to you? Would you, if by choice, I I was going to ask you, would you do it again? It sounds like probably the answer is no, but how do you feel about all of this? Um, well, okay. So
0: nowadays I, um, you know, I look at how it's affected my life. So when I came back, even though they erase your memory, they blank slate you and they put you back. -hmm. I was not the same person. That following day, I was a completely different person. I was a ten-year-old kid, and I had no idea what the hell just happened to me. I was a complete—I was lost. I
1: felt like I hadn't seen my mom and dad in twenty years. Mm -hmm. Are you in in touch with your parents now, or is it was that all gone? Or how did that? You know, you came back. We don't talk about it. I I don't. And uh, and they were twenty years. Everybody else is twenty years older. How do you? No, no.
0: I went back to the a few minutes after I was taken originally. My parents had no idea. In the wow. middle of the night I was taken, the next morning I got up and I was it was so over. The, so, the 20 back,
1: happen, so the 20 happened and
0: everything goes back? Yes, they put you back in time. Okay. They put,
1: and I believe there's a
0: cloning technology. I believe that it's a clone. I believe they clone you and the clone goes and lives the 20 years. They put it back in time and they put your consciousness back in your original body. And that's why the memories, okay. uh, you know, the clone has okay. the memories of the 20 years. And you, because I got my memories back mm-hmm. of my life and I lost the memories of the 20 years.
1: So. Are you a spiritual person based on this experience or were you and you're not now or were you and you are even more so now? Or how do you feel about this whole thing?
0: Absolutely. Uh, you know, I think I think that our religions are woefully inadequate for what the real reality of our spirituality requires. Mm-hmm. Uh, the closest thing I found that resonated with me was the Buddhist the Chan okay. Buddha that they allowed for entity they'd allowed for life throughout the universe okay and just the way the soul I believe that I believe in reincarnation I believe the soul is a real thing um and I believe that's what happened I believe they took my soul out of one body put it in a clone body and then used it and then my body and then put my put my soul back and then put me back a few Got minutes it. later I think there's a time travel component which time travel happens quite a bit up there
1: okay all right. It's uh, Guys Guys Radio. Amazing show with Tony Rodriguez of the Secret Space Program. Uh, We've got to take a pause now because time's up, but we're going to do it again. And I want to thank Tony for being here and being a wonderful guest and really a good guy about this whole thing. And thank you for putting up with my questions. But I, I do my best to ask what I would ask if I was driving down the highway and say, ask him this. That's what I I want to be the advocate for our listeners, because not many people know about this. So I really want to get the, the questions out there and also get your real feelings on this. So thank you so much, Tony. I'm not going to ask, you know, where people can get in touch with you, because I don't know if you want people to get in touch with you, but let's leave it there and we'll pick it up next time. So thank you so much, Tony, for being with me on Guys Guys Radio. Tony Rodriguez of the Secret Space Program. All right, guys, guys, radio, Robert Manning, your host here. Wow, what a compelling interview, discussion with Tony Rodriguez about the Secret Space Program, and that's only part one. We've got another episode coming up either next week or the following week uh, that's going to be the big part two, and we're going to continue Tony's experience and his 20 and back in the Secret Space Program. So what did we learn so far? Well, we learned that Tony didn't he didn't volunteer for his... Uh, his duty if you will uh, it wasn't very pleasant the training was some of it was very traumatic and horrible and it wasn't as glamorous as you might think it was but he didn't go he did go off planet he went to the moon he went to mars he went to ceres and he saw a lot of things that most of us will won't see in this lifetime but we're going to learn about it and as tony stated there is a disclosure a drip 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 going on where we're learning each day more and more and if you talk to people they're not freaked out about extraterrestrials being amongst us here on earth or also in, living in other places people are waking up to the fact that like hey maybe we're not maybe we're we're narcissistic to think that we are the only beings in this entire universe because if you think about it your mind can't handle thinking about how far is out there and how far does it go, and what's after that, and what's after that, and what's after that, we just can't comprehend it. So there's got to be a lot more stuff going on that we're aware of. And I was just reading another article that said, the human eye, we only pick up 1% of what's going on out there in front of us. Can you imagine that? That 99% of things that we could potentially see, we don't see. So it's really wild. Anyhow, Guys, Guys Radio, your host, Robert Manny. The show is on every Wednesday evening here on KCAA 102.3, 106.5 FM 1050 AM every Wednesday evening. We post the show then on Thursday morning all over the internet. And we're just getting started. We've got a lot of great guests coming up. We've we've interviewed a lot of great guests recently. We just had John Gray on of Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. We had Neil Donald Walsh on of Conversations with God. We had tom hartman of the tom hartman program the progressive radio host who has a huge following and i've got some special surprises coming up over the next month or so that you're really going to like including we've got uh, a commitment from dan millman who wrote uh, the life of the peaceful warrior and he's one of my personal inspirations. so he's agreed to be on the show so i'm going to hold hold myself to that by putting it out on air so that's going to be fantastic Uh, And we've got a lot more, a lot more stuff going on. So, if you want to support the show and you want to support what I'm doing, you can check out my novel on Amazon or wherever they sell books. The Guys, Guys, Guy to Love. It's a lot of fun. It's been called the male Sex in the City. You can also, when you catch us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, you can rate us, you can review, you can subscribe. I'm all over social media, Facebook, Twitter. Instagram, and, of course, my website, robertmanny.com. I want to thank you for being my my listeners. I, I love working with you guys. I love bringing information out there that people can uh, dissect and determine if it's something that can help them because really what I want to do is uh, be a conduit to being able to help people and raise the consciousness of the planet by bringing information that people can use to uh, raise their frequency, uplift their life, do the best they possibly can and again it's up to you i bring the information out there you can say okay i'll use this i'm not that interested in that that's fine i want to help guys because a lot of guys are stuck these days and the guys have trouble dealing with change sometimes i think we all know that and also women are very open so the show believe it or not the audience is split pretty much down the middle between men and women We've got a ton more shows coming up here on KCAA and all over the internet. And I want to thank you for coming along for the ride on Guys Guys Radio. So we'll see you next week. And as I always like to say, guys, guys, finish first.